Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. If a non-Christian just observed a Christian for a week or so, I wonder what Christian essentials they would come up with. You know, because I think when we read the Bible, there are things that we should be doing, but then in reality, in our lives, actually practically, we don't often live up to everything maybe we're supposed to. And I think that sharing Jesus is something that we struggle with. And that's why Pastor Ben spoke about that. And um, we're going to be sharing another Christian essential today. And I'm very excited about this one. Oh man, I'm passionate about this one. Very passionate. I'm going to be talking to you about the Word. Come on, who loves the Word? God's Word. Oh, we're excited. You're making me get excited just by you being excited. Um, But before I jump into it, we just need to redefine, or not redefine, I'll go back to and remember what it means to be spiritually mature. Because I think sometimes we can have a wrong idea of what it means to be spiritually mature. So let's just look at that and, and just define once again, what does it mean to be spiritually mature? Now, what it doesn't mean is you're older. Okay, that you can be young and very spiritually mature. So if you're a young person in here, you could be very spiritually mature because what it means to be spiritually mature is to have a heart for God, right? Have a heart for God, so you're passionate about Jesus, and you also apply in your life the teachings of Jesus. So you actually apply what is written there in the Bible. And to be honest, for a lot of Christians, if we're going to be real, that's hard. Sometimes that's hard. So that is a sign of maturity. Now, why would we apply what's in the Bible and why would we apply spiritual disciplines in our life? Well, here is a reason why we wouldn't do it. Out of obligation because we have to. That's not what Christian essentials are about. It's not about have to, it's about want to. And why would we want to? Because Jesus has done something inside, in our heart. So through this series, the last thing we want is for you to walk out the doors and go, oh man, I'm the worst. I'm a terrible Christian. What is wrong with me? Then wake up early the next day, trying, you know, just really trying really hard to be a good Christian and do all the right things. That's not what we want. We are actually wanting to God, for God to do something within you. Um, we're, we're wanting something to happen on the inside because it's all about from the inside out when it comes to God. It's all about from the inside out. So today, as I'm preaching about the Word, my prayer, my hope is that God does something in your heart so that you develop a fresh love for the Word of God. Does that sound good? Would anyone want to, you know, develop a habit in their life of reading the Word because you actually want to read it? Do we want, do we want that? Put up your hand if you want that. Come on. Awesome. Um, so let's get into it. I'm just going to have to turn my iPad on here. Uh, but as I'm doing that, I want to pose a question to you. And that is, have you ever not liked something, but then grew to like it over time? Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to me with food. When I was younger, when you were younger, were there foods that you just didn't like? But then now you're older and it's like, gosh, anchovies aren't that bad. <laughs> yeah, maybe not anchovies. Um, but for me, there's a few foods that, that that's happened to me with some foods. And one of them is olives. So when I was, oh, yeah. Um, so when I was younger, right, I hated olives. My dad, he loves olives. He always got a pizza with olives on it. It's like, dad, what a waste. Um, so olives on pizza, no good. I, I used to hate it. I was not a fan of olives. But then something amazing happened. I remember at the age of 21, um, I was on holidays with my family and my mum, being the amazing mum that she is, mums are amazing. Seriously, mums in here, you are amazing. Thank you for just being a mum. 
Um, so my mum put on this beautiful platter with some biscuits and some dip and some cheese, and one of the dips was olive dip. So immediately I'm like, oh gosh, why? But I'm like, hey, it's a holiday, let's get wild, let's try new things. Um, so I got a biscuit and I dipped into that olive dip, that creamy olive dip, and I went, here goes nothing. And I tried it and it was amazing. <laughs> I could not believe it, right? It's some, somehow, over the course of 10, 15 years, my taste buds have changed. And I didn't even have to try and change them. They just did it themselves. It's incredible. And what I've come to realize is that sometimes it takes time to love something. Sometimes it takes time to love something. You may hate something, you may not be into something, but then over time you can develop a love for that thing. And that's amazing. I love it how God does that and he, he moves inside of us. And that is my whole experience with this beautiful thing here, with God's Word, with the Bible. I tell when I was a teenager, gosh, you couldn't pay me 50 bucks to read this. It was that hard for me. Um, it just didn't make sense. It wasn't that engaging. Like, I knew it was a good thing to do. Like, I knew it's good to read the Bible, and I knew, like, the answers to everything were in it, because, you know, my youth pastor told me that. Um, MJ comes here, runs Growth Track. you got to do Growth Track. MJ's amazing. Get on it. Um, but I, I, I wasn't into reading the Bible, you know? I, I wasn't that into it, but then over time, I've developed a love for it, and I can tell you right now that I can't go a day without reading it. i tell you why. I'm not strong enough. I'm not strong enough to go a day without spending time in God's Word. I've realized that about myself. And one of the great things about reading the Bible these days is that you don't actually really even have to read it anymore. As long as it gets in you, you don't necessarily have to read it because praise God for technology. Recently, I've downloaded the Dwell Bible app. I don't know if anyone's heard of it. Some people have. And um, what I will do sometimes these days, if I get home from work and I also work as a teacher, sometimes, man, those kids, they're rascals. Um, they can drive you crazy. Um, but I love it and I love them so much. But I, I would get home from work after a rough day and I would just lie down on my bed and just start listening to the Word of God. I will have the Dwell Bible app speak the words of God into my soul. And I can actually choose a voice. How good is that? So... It's not like some computer-generated voice saying, in the beginning, God created. It's not like that. It's not some Oka Aussie voice. G'day, mate. In the beginning, God created. It's not like that. I choose a nice South African accent. Yeah? Beautiful accent. And I, I, I can use the app to put on some ambient background music. And it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful experience. Gosh, Amy could walk in there and just be like, what is going on in there? What, why is, why is that Matt got that big smile on his face as he's listening to whatever he's listening to? How amazing is it is we can listen to the Word and actually enjoy it. Come on. And God has created ways for that to happen. You see, I've realized now that I can listen to the Word of God and it can fuel my spirit. And it's a beautiful thing. And I want to encourage you. I don't know where you're at when it comes to reading the Bible today, but it can get better. It can. And I really believe everyone in this room was created for God's Word to consume it. Whether you're into reading, whether you find it hard now, or you find it, you know, you just, I don't know, maybe you're struggling. I don't know where you're at when it comes to reading the Bible, but um, I really believe that God is going to make a way for you to be able to connect with Him through His Word. I just really believe that. I really do. Um, let me share with you a few powerful um, parts of Scripture that talk about the Word of God. You want to hear what the Bible has to say about the Word of God? Come on, this is what it says in Hebrews 4.12. It says, For the Word of God is living and active, 
sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So basically, the word changes you. In Psalm, Psalms 119.105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word of God shows us the way. In Matthew 4.4, 4, I love this. Jesus is having this fight with, with Satan, this, this encounter when he's in the wilderness. And um, Jesus tries to tempt Satan with bread. And he's been fasting for ages. And um, we fast as a church because that's a spiritual discipline we believe is powerful, right? So he's been going a long time without food. Satan's like, want some bread? Surely Satan could have come up with something better than bread, right? Bread, <laughs> no. Um, so bread, um, Satan tries to tempt Jesus with bread. And uh, Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Oof. Shut Satan down. I love that. I, I love that so much when Jesus says that. You know, God's word being, in, being alive and active, right? God's, God's word being a, a path for me. Um, God's word being this source of spiritual nourishment. Those are only recent revelations for me. I haven't always known that. And I've come to understand that it's very possible to be a Christian, to even love Jesus and yet not be into reading the Bible. It's very possible. And maybe you are in that position today. You know, I've come to this understanding about how we can develop a love for the Bible. I think before valuing it and loving it, first you need to understand this about yourself. Are you ready? You are more than just a physical being. You're more than just a physical being. And you need to understand that about yourself. Uh, a while ago now, I was studying at Melbourne University doing a Bachelor of Science. It was a tough time. Uh, honestly, I'm happy I've moved past that period in my life. If we've got any university students um, watching today, I just want to encourage you and say, you've got this. Um, because I actually really feel that in this moment, because what can happen is you can be in university, you can be in school, and you can be thinking, Why am I, what is the purpose of this? Why am I doing it? You would be amazed how God can use that stuff to set you up later in life. So if you're currently studying and you're like, what, what is going on? I'm struggling. Keep going. You'll be amazed how God can use it. But I was at university. I was in my second year and I was doing the subject anatomy for my Bachelor of Science degree. Now, at Melbourne Uni, they're pretty you know, posh. They like to do things really well, right? So, you know, in the anatomy class, when it comes to studying the body, what did they use? Real bodies, real cadavers. Do you know what a cadaver is? Like, it, it's a real person. It's a dead person. I remember walking into that practical um, class for the first time, and there was this pile of containers in the middle of the room, and I didn't think much of it until I walked past and saw a floating hand and foot. And I was like, oh my goodness, things just got real. Um, and then next minute, I, I'm, I'm where me and my peers, we're around this bench and on this bench is this person. This person, right? This, this dead person, pretty confronting. But I tell you what was so fascinating about it in that moment is that you could tell that what made that person alive, what made that person a person wasn't there anymore. You could just tell when I was looking at that body. It was like, this is just matter. You could tell looking at it. It was just atoms making up molecules, making up cells, making up tissues, making organs, making body systems, making that person. That's what it was. And yeah, I was spiritual and I was a Christian, but my peers agreed with me and they weren't. 
it was pretty obvious by what they got up to on the weekend, to be honest with you. Um, and here's the thing, I think subconsciously, whether you're a Christian or not, deep down I think we all know that we are more than just flesh and blood. We're more than flesh and blood. And this makes sense when you read Genesis, when you read about how God formed man. In Genesis 2.7, it says this, it says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. What made the man a man, what made the person a person was the breath of God in them. We are more than just physical beings. You need to understand what makes you, you, is the breath of God in you. You're more than just a, just a body. You also have a soul and a spirit. And as I continue to preach this message to you today, I'm going to be using the word spirit to encompass soul and spirit, just to be really clear about that. You know, we are more than spiritual beings. We are also, we're more than physical beings, sorry, we're also spiritual beings. However, there seems to be a disconnect between this reality and how we behave. Because if, I th- if you looked at the average Christian's life, right, and the habits, the habits that they have, I think that we would have to arrive at this sad conclusion about myself. And I'm putting myself in this category. We don't care enough about the spirit God gave us. We don't care enough about the spirit God gave us. Um, I have family dinner on a Tuesday night every night. And I love that, that we make time in our week for family dinner. If you, if you don't have a family dinner, I encourage you to get a family dinner happening in your life. It's amazing. If you've got to just invite some randoms and call them your family, go for it. <laughs> family dinners are awesome. Um, but I, have, I had a uh, family dinner recently and I was speaking to my brother. My brother is a doctor and he said something fascinating to me. He said that only 50% of people fulfill the scripts that the doctor gives them. 50%. So people who go to the doctor, they get diagnosed, they get the script. Here you go, take that to the pharmacy, get the drugs your body needs to get better. Only 50% of people do it. 50%. Now, conveniently, my dad is a veterinarian. So he was in that conversation too. And from his professional perspective, he said, well, that's interesting because when it comes to people and their pets, people fulfill close to 100% of the scripts. Guys, there's a problem here. Do you see the problem? We care more about our pets than we do about our own own health. That is an issue. Why is that? Why don't we care much about our physical bodies? It's sad, isn't it? Like, honestly, why don't we honour our bodies the way that we probably should? And that's a scary thought, but it gets scarier. It gets scarier because here's the thing about your body. You get constant feedback about your body. You look in the mirror you can notice something is, go- is going wrong, right? And then you can start to act to fix the problem. You can feel something in your body and you can go to the doctor and you can get diagnosed and, and you can get better. You can feel it. You know what's going on. There's constant feedback. How about your spirit? Because we get constant feedback about our body. We only feel 50% of the script. Our spirit is invisible. Sometimes it's hard to know when things are wrong. So what I worry about is, How's my spirit going? How's my spirit going? It's something worth considering. It's something worth thinking about. Um, Paul, the Apostle Paul in Galatians 5, writes some very interesting stuff about what is happening on the inside of people. 
He writes about fruits of a healthy spirit, and he also writes about what can happen when our spirit is unhealthy. You want to hear what he has to say? Come on, let's, let's read what he has to say. Anyone bring their Bibles to church today? Physical Bibles? A few hods are, a few hods? A few heads are nodding. That's what I was going to say. Hey, has anyone got their phone? Oh, there's a Bible on there, guys. So let's go to Galatians 5. And I want to read to you verses 19 through to 23, because we got to understand what it looks like to have a healthy spirit and what it looks like to have an unhealthy spirit, because then we can self-diagnose and figure out how to get better, all right? So this is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, now the works of the flesh are evident. I'm just going to pause there and say, if your spirit is unhealthy, then your flesh will be running rampant. Okay, so the bad parts of you, the bad stuff in you will be running rampant if your spirit is unhealthy. And these are some of the symptoms of an unhealthy spirit. The works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies. Now, hopefully that last one isn't a problem for anyone here at Bright Church. Um, But hey, uh, some of that stuff seems pretty intense, okay? But can I just say, you've got a problem with idolatry if you have anything in your life that you're prioritizing over Jesus. Jesus says when it comes to sexual immorality that if you even look at a person with lustful intent, then you are committing adultery in your heart. So when I read that, As a Christian, the last thing I want to do is just hover over it really quickly and be like, nah, I'm all good. You actually got to let God speak to you on it. Because you'd be amazed, like, guys, sometimes as Christians, we think we're better than we really are. And sometimes there there is stuff going on inside of us. And if when I look at that list, I've got to be honest, there's some stuff there that I gotta work on. I think there's stuff there that we all gotta work on. Because if there's if you don't have to work on any of that, any at all congratulations, you could just be Jesus. Um, and we, wow, that would be amazing. You really snuck up on us, Jesus. We uh, thought it would be more of a big return, but all good. Anyway, let's keep reading. So those are the symptoms of an unhealthy spirit. If you have a healthy spirit, this is what it looks like. You want to know what it looks like? It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. How's your love going? Do you have peace in your life? Are you a patient person? Are you someone who exhibits self-control? If someone was to describe you, would they use the fruit of the spirit list or would they use the fruits of the flesh? list. How would they describe you? How is your spirit today? How you are going? Because if your spirit is unhealthy, there's a good chance the fruits of the spirit won't be evident in your life. And that's something that we really need to think about and consider. You know, what if the struggle you are facing today internally isn't a result of your bad circumstances, but is actually a result of having an unhealthy spirit? Have you ever considered that? What if the turmoil you're feeling inside, the anger that you're experiencing, maybe the, the worry, the, the concern or the sadness, you know, the, the brokenness that's inside, what if that is not a result of just going through really tough times or even your sickness? Like, what if that is actually a result of having an unhealthy spirit? Our spirit is so important and looking after it, it matters. 
It really, really matters to God. So we as Christians need to prioritize looking after it. Now, here's the thing about a healthy spirit. It requires something. You want to know what the key is to having a healthy spirit? Do you? Like literally, do you? Do you you want to know what the key is to having a healthy spirit? The key to having a healthy spirit is the consumption of good words. The key to having a healthy spirit is the consumption of good words. In Proverbs 16, 24, it says this about words. It says, then the Lord God, oh no, sorry, wrong verse. That's the Genesis 2, 7 verse. Um, in Proverbs 16, 24, it says, gracious words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Just like exercise, And healthy eating produces a healthy body. The consumption of good words produces a healthy spirit. Every single day, you are consuming over 100,000 words. 100,000 words are going into you through your eyes and through your ears. So the question is, how many of those words are actually doing you good? Because what I've come to notice, if, if there's an imbalance, if you're getting more bad than good words, you're going to feel it on the inside. And over time, your spirit is going to be in a bad place because of it. So I guess the question is, well, what on earth are good words for me? Like, what actually are good words? Because I realize we live in a culture and a climate that has a real problem defining what's good. We struggle. Even Christians I know, honestly, I feel as though they don't, they've kind of lost their way in understanding what is right and what is wrong, what is of God and what isn't. So what words are good for you and what words are not good for you? Well, I'll tell you this, first of all, nice words aren't necessarily good for you. And saying accepting words to a person all the time or receiving accepting words all the time, that isn't necessarily good for you either. Because words need to be true if they're going to be good for you. Okay, so the next time as a Christian you're giving advice or you're trying to help someone, don't just try and be nice, be true too. Be nice and true at the same time. That's what God wants from you. That's what we're supposed to be doing, okay? Um, so what words are good? How, how, do we, how do we figure out what words are actually good for us? Well, good thing the Bible tells us. Very good thing the Bible tells us. You know, I figured out that when it comes to words, the only words that are good are words that come from God. When it comes to words, the only words that are good are the words that come from God. There's a really interesting exchange in the Bible between a rich young man and Jesus. I want to read it to you. It's out of Mark 10, 17 to 18. It says, And as he was setting out on his journey, this is Jesus, a man ran up and knelt before him. And that's the rich young man. And he said, Good teacher. Pause. Do you notice that this man called Jesus teacher? What didn't he call him? He didn't call him Lord. He didn't call him Savior. So basically this man doesn't yet have revelation that Jesus is God. So this man doesn't realize that Jesus is Lord yet, which is really important for what we're about to read because this influences how Jesus responds to him. Okay, so he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. The point of that scripture is not that Jesus is separating himself from God and saying, that's God over there, I'm over here. Because we know that Jesus is God. 
right? He just said it that way to address the misconception that the man had, which was he thought that he was a man. So he says, no one is good except God alone. Now, this is quite confronting to me because my wife, Amy, I went there, guys. Everyone's always like, you always talk about your wife all the time in your messages. Yeah, it's because I love her. She's my wife. Come on. Any husbands in here love their wife? Yeah. Hey, there needs to be a better response than that, man. Husbands, you love your wives, right? Yeah, come on, come on. I love my wife. So, of course, she's going to make it into my message illustrations. Um, But I would say, Amy, she's good. Amy's good. Well, God would say, actually, no, she's not as good as you think. Let me explain this more. Let me explain this more, everybody. I think so often we get enamored with people and we think they're really good, but the thing we actually really love about them is actually God in them. It's God. God is good. And if God is good, that means the only good words are those that come from Him. The only good words are the words that come from God. But here is one of the biggest Christian problems that we have in 2021. It's a pandemic. I probably shouldn't have used that word. (laughs) One of the biggest Christian problems that we have is we settle for the second-hand version of God's Word. We do it so often. We do it so often. Have you ever been scrolling through Instagram or Facebook and you come across a cover version of a song? Now, I'm not talking like a professional cover version. I'm talking like someone decided to sing and post it and just put it out there. First First off, like, I encourage you guys, good on you. I don't have the confidence to be able to do that. Um, But so often when you're scrolling and you see those cover versions that people are putting out there who haven't ever had a singing lesson or it's not really their field of um, talent, like Pastor Ben was talking about, you can watch it and it can be a little bit awkward. And honestly, it can be a little bit sad. And what I've come to realize is that (laughs) a cover is never as good as the original. The original is always better. Guys, Stop settling for the second-hand version of God's Word. What are some examples of this, practically? Well, I'm someone who loves listening to sermons. Like coming to church and hearing the Word spoken, I think that's a little bit different to just feeding on messages all the time, like um, when you're going to the gym or when you're going for a walk or when you're going, you know, driving somewhere in, in your car. Now, maybe you're someone who listens to a lot of sermons on your phone. Now, I would consider that a snack for your spirit. Okay, that's a snack for your spirit. That's okay. That, that's fine, but it's not a main meal. Another example, podcasts. We love our podcasts these days, our Christian podcasts. Anyone listen to some leadership podcasts, you know, or some, maybe, maybe not leadership, maybe, maybe relationship podcasts, maybe? No? Or how about marriage podcasts? No? Or how about parenting? Oh, we got one. We got a taker in the, in the second row. Um, We love our podcasts, but Christian podcasts, yeah, that's great and all, but that's still, that's a snack for your spirit. Another example is listening to worship music. You know, now this is a, I'm I'm touching on quite a sensitive one here because I understand that many people, the way you connect with God is by listening to worship music. I do it all the time, right? So going for a walk and listening to worship music, that's good, that's good for you, right? That's good for your soul. But actually when it comes to worship and praise, you'll notice in church, what do we do? We worship and praise as we're listening. 
Like we're worshipping and we are praising God. And that's kind of the way it's designed. So if you're just listening to it and soaking it up, yes, there is. there are words from God in there, no doubt. But still, that's a snack for your spirit. It's a snack for your spirit. And what happens when you always just eat snacks all the time? <laughs> you get fat. <laughs> yeah, you could get a bit overweight if you snack too often. But basically what happens is if you snack all the time, you're not going to be healthy, are you? Like, because our spirit isn't just designed for snacks, it's designed for the main meal of God's word. It's designed for the main meal. Now, so your spirit was made to dine on the main source of God's word. Cover versions are like snacks. The main source is a main meal. God has made you to need his word. So where do we go for the main meal? You need to go to God's word to receive a word from God and have a healthy spirit. God's word is the main meal that you need. This is what your spirit needs. It needs to dine on this. You've been created for it. Two years ago, um, before I was married, it was a, a season in my life where there was a lot of travel between houses. Just two, my parents' house and Amy's parents' house. A lot of traveling back and forth to see each other, right? And very conveniently, we only lived about two kilometers away. Um, not very far, probably could have walked, bit lazy. Anyway, so very, we lived really close, very convenient. And um, one thing you gotta understand about me is I, I don't like wasting time. I hate wasting time. You know, I just wanna get stuff done. Um, amen. And uh, I, therefore, when it comes to filling up with petrol, I want to make as few visits to the petrol station as possible. Can I get a witness? Can I get an amen in the room? So the only problem with this is, is that you kind of live life on the edge a little bit. Because what I'll do is I'll wait till that fuel gauge gets past the red and even past the point where the car says you are out of fuel. And then I'll wait almost till it clocks back over to full before I actually fill up. And um, what I've noticed about my car in particular, maybe your car is different, but once it tells me it's pretty much out, um, and it, it plays a game with me too. Like it tells me how many Ks I've got less, left until it gets to 50 Ks, then it just doesn't say anything anymore. It's like, I'm not taking responsibility for this. If you run out, that's your fault. So my car does that to me and then we play a little game. And I'm like, all right, I reckon I got five trips left. And usually I'm right, except in summer when I'm using the air conditioner a lot, right? That drains that petrol. So on this particular occasion, driving to Amy's parents' place, I stuffed up. <laughs> I ran out of fuel halfway. It's pretty, guys, it's pretty embarrassing to run out of fuel when you're driving two kilometers. <laughs> Tell you what makes it worse? Having to be rescued by your future father-in-law. I've never seen a bigger smile on a man's face. So he came and he rescued me. And he, he's a great man, by the way. I love you, Travis, if you're watching online today. And um, you know, what I've realized when it comes to us is so often we push our spirit to the limits. Like we, we think that we have enough in us to get us through. We think we have enough in us to get us through tomorrow, to get us through next week or, or the following month. But the truth is, gosh, if you filled up a week ago or a month ago, 
the chances are you may not make it through tomorrow. God's word is the fuel that keeps us going. It's the fuel that keeps us going. In Matthew 4, 4, let's cycle back. What did Jesus say? He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We've been designed to fuel up daily, not monthly, not even weekly. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say we're designed to fuel up on the word so regularly that it's almost a daily occurrence. And I tell, I'm telling you now, like, I, I can't survive a day without being with God. I can't survive a day without going to his word and letting it just fuel my spirit. I need it. I'm not strong enough to get through a day without it. Do you really think that you, you're strong enough to get through tomorrow, to get through next week without fueling up on, on God, without him speaking to you? You know, really interesting when Jesus says this in the wilderness to Satan, um, the, the word word that he uses in the Greek is rhema. So in the Bible, it speaks of the word of God in a couple of ways. It speaks of the logos word and it speaks of the rhema word. Now the logos word, just think of it like your Bible right here. So this is the logos word, the written word right here, this Bible, this is the logos word. But there's moments when you're reading it or moments when you're listening to it where a verse or a word, it will move from being on the page to into your heart. And those moments where the Logos word moves into your heart, you are hearing from God in that moment. You're receiving a rhema word. The Holy Spirit is depositing it into you and it will fuel you. You know, you've got to go to the Logos word in order to receive a rhema word. And then you've got to spend enough time in the Logos word to actually get that rhema word. What I've noticed with a lot of people, and I used to be one of these, um, is that we can go to the Bible, like we can go to the Logos Word and just start to read it. And then within two minutes, we get distracted by, um, who knows? Because there's so many distractions, aren't there? There's so many distractions in our world. And, and before we know it, we've left it. And we haven't been there long enough to actually fuel up. We haven't been there long enough to actually receive a rhema word from God. We haven't been there long enough to properly fuel up. Imagine if I took my car to the petrol station because I was running low. It's beeping at me. It's telling me, Matt, you've got to get petrol. It's no longer even showing me the Ks anymore because I'm low. Imagine if I got to the petrol station, right? And then once I got there, went, all right, awesome. I'm out of here. And just left without actually filling up my car. I think sometimes we do this when it comes to reading the Bible. We got to spend enough time in the word to actually receive a word and have a healthy spirit. I just really want to encourage you today because I have a feeling that there's probably people in this room and you want to be someone who reads the Bible. I've never met a Christian, a Christian who went, you know what? I just don't want to be one of those Christians who reads the Bible. I've never heard of that ever. I tell you what I do here a lot. I really want to love to read the Bible. I really want to be someone who has that habit in my life but I'm just really struggling. I hear that so often. And maybe the reason there is a bit of a struggle is because you haven't maybe yet got to the point where you're spending enough time in it to be really receiving those rhema words of God. Because when that starts to happen, 
it moves from being a have to to a want to because you want to go to God's word to have those moments of intimacy with your heavenly father. You know, the word of God can do things for you that nothing else can. A rhema word from God can heal things that nothing else can. You know, a word from God can heal your worry and your concern. A word from God can can bring clarity to your uncertainty. A word of God can bring love when all you feel is anger. A word of God can bring joy when all you're feeling is sadness. You're designed for God's word. I, I just want to ask the question today, are you running on empty? If so, it's time to fuel up on God's word. Now, we're not just going to leave you to have to go figure that all out on your own because we believe it's our responsibility to look after you and your spiritual formation. We love you and we care about you and we want to invest into you. So what we've decided as a church, because we think this is so important, because we think reading the Bible is so essential, we have decided as a church to purchase a church-wide subscription to the Dwell Bible app. Come on, this is where you cheer, ladies and gentlemen. So we're getting a church-wide subscription to the Dwell Bible app. I say we are going to, but we already have. Um, We've got it for you guys. So if you are a partner with Bright Church, guess what? In no time, you're going to be having those awesome moments with God. You know, you don't necessarily have to sit down and read the Word to get it in you. You can also listen to it and you can choose the voice. How good's that? You can choose the background music. You can put a little reminder on it to remind you to go to it and start to just feed on it. You know, I I don't think God wants this to be hard for us. I honestly, honestly think God loves us enough to make it easy. And I think He's designed things like this, like the Dwell app. He's given people gifts and talents to be able to design apps like this so that we can draw near to Him and consume His Word. How good is that? Come on. So if you are a Bright Church partner, you're going to receive an email. And in that email, it's going to give directions on how you can download it and then log in and start to use it. Um, But I do understand that maybe we have people here today who are not a Bright Church partner yet. And if you are in that category, and honestly, you can't think of a reason not to make Bright Church your home church, then you should come along and do Growth Track. Because if you come along and do Growth Track, then you're going to have an opportunity to sign up and become a partner. It's pretty simple. We try and make it as easy as possible for you. So in step one of Growth Track, you learn about the story, the vision, the values of Bright Church. And then in the second step of Growth Track, you find out about the gifts and the talents that God has given you. Do you know that you are gifted? Do you know that God has given you a grace? Do you know that there is a purpose on your life? Well, you're going to learn more about that in step two. And then in step three, there's an opportunity to actually use your gifts to make a difference and live a life of significance. So come along and do Growth Track. Become a partner. It's really easy. And you get to have a great time at the same time because MJ, who is our Growth Track director, he is a dead set legend. He is amazing. And you're going to have a fantastic time with him. Does that all sound good? I want to invite everyone to stand up now. And um, what I want to do is I actually want to give people an opportunity to respond to this message. Now, what I've come to understand is that when I actually put my hand up and say, yes, God, 
I want to I want to change. What often happens is he gives me the strength to be able to change. And sometimes you need to make a public declaration to pretty much set in stone the new life or the new habit that you want to bring into your life. So I want to I want to give people an opportunity to put up their hand and say, "You know what, God? I've struggled to read the Bible, but come tomorrow, I'm going to be in your word." And come the next day I'm going to be in your word. I want to give people an opportunity to make a decision today that they're going to give it everything they've got to really go after God's word and make it a habit in their life. And my belief, I'm really believing that God is going to do his part, which is the heavy lifting part, and he's going to do something in your heart. He's going to stir something up. So it's not going to be like you have to do it. It's going to be like you want to do it. Come on, do do people actually want to have a passion for reading the word here today? I know I do. I know I want it more than I currently have. So I want to give people that opportunity and I've also come to realize this that so often when it comes to important decisions and important Christian essentials and disciplines the enemy of your soul the devil he will do everything he can to stop it from happening. That's why it's so important to pray into it. So I'm going to pray that the enemy's schemes to try and stop you from having this Christian essential this discipline in your life I'm just going to pray that it fails. Because what I know about my God is he is so much stronger than the enemy, so much stronger and his grace. Christ in us is stronger than whatever the enemy has and whatever is going to try and bring against us. So I'm just going to pray that the grace of God will be all over you, that God's going to do something in your heart and you're going to find it easy to spend time with God and be in his word. So if that's you, if you want to make that decision today that you want to be a follower of Jesus, who reads the word just lift your hand and I'm going to pray for you right now just lift your hand dear god I pray for every single person who is declaring today that they want to be a follower of you who spends lots of time with you a follower of you who gets in the word who reads the word who has those moments of intimacy and connection when what's on the page gets into their heart god I pray that you would show up and you would do a work inside of them god I'm going to be honest and say sometimes it's really hard Sometimes it's hard to pray when you don't feel like it. Sometimes it's hard to read your word when we don't feel like it. So God, I just pray that you help us today. I pray that every person who's put their hand up, God, that you would just come and you would help them. God, that you would do something inside of them, that you would provide the grace necessary for them to make this a habit in their life. And God, I pray that the schemes, the attacks of the enemy will fail in Jesus mighty name. I pray that they would fail. And I pray that as these pillars of Christian essentials start to be added in people's lives that they would just see you move so powerfully God and you would take them from where they are to where you want them to be. I really feel though God is so often you give us um the energy, the fuel we need through Christian essentials in order for us to live a life of success, in order for us to live a life of significance. So God, I pray for revelation today that it's through these Christian essentials that we're going to get to where you want us to be. God, I pray that you just move in this moment as we go into this worship, God. I pray that you would just stir our hearts that there would just be moments of connection with you. In Jesus name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.